Look at the adjective. Play. Now is the franchise going to take the Viagra? Oh, going to put the butts in the seat. Hello there, wrestling fans, and welcome to episode number 45 of Because WCW, the podcast where the big boys play. My name is the Twisted Genius, Dean Ayers. Thank you so much for taking the trouble to download this episode wherever you may get your podcasts from. If you like us, please rate us and review us. If you don't like us, then just keep it between you and me. I am joined as ever by my esteemed co-host, the sports journalist, Liam Happ. Good evening to you, Liam. How are you doing? Good evening, Dean. I won't lie, I could be a little bit better. Uh, Those of you listening to the last episode, which was the last watch along, may have noticed at the end of that we, we made some sort of hint towards potentially bringing some Christmas snacks towards this uh, watch along because this is December the 25th 1995 at Christmas Nitro and my plan to do that was derailed by the fact that uh, just a few nights ago the local co-op had a car reverse into it in an elaborate way to get the uh, money out of there which seems to be a bit of an epidemic at the moment there's, there's definitely someone or several people going around doing that to co-ops that that has happened to my local co-op about a year ago so yes it's fucking ridiculous isn't it so yeah they've been shut ever since you see my local co-op i think they just carried on with like you know bits of glass and steel hanging out the entrance but it's like you know it was a bit of a test how badly do you want your tea bags are you prepared to risk this broken glass falling on you yeah, I mean, let's face it, the uh, the service isn't going to be any less incompetent, is it? Or the uh, levels of stock control any oh, less. Man. So are you are you aware of the game uh, that my brother and I have invented, but I'm sure is played by many other people across the land of the co-op three-item challenge? You know what? The way we were going with this, Dean, and the name of that challenge, I've got a f- I've never heard of it, but I've got a funny feeling I have been playing it subconsciously. So go on. In, yeah, I think you very well may have. Basically, um, and I have mentioned this to the co-op on their own Twitter feed, and it every single time I mention it, it just confuses them. It's brilliant. So I do encourage this of anyone. Um, you basically go into your local co-op with a list of three items. And I don't mean, you know, ridiculous items. I mean, you know, everyday items that you want to get. Um, and you see if they've got them in stock. And nine times out of ten, they will let you down on one of the items. Um, one that sticks in my mind was when um, my brother went in there um, many years ago, and this is sort of one of the things that started the game. He wanted, I believe, a tin of corned beef. Um, I can't remember what the third item was. No, it was a tin of corned beef, a newspaper, and something else, something maybe bread or something like that. And um, they they didn't have any whatever newspaper it was he was looking for. They hadn't got they hadn't had them delivered that day. Um, so yeah, basically you go into the co-op, look for th- have three items on your list. Guaranteed they won't have one of them. Yeah, we do. We do pretty much have a similar thing. Based for us, it's whenever we go to the shop with a list of X amount of items that we want to pick up one thing will not be there and it's usually something major like if we we actually need some peppers to go into a spaghetti bolognese the peppers will not be there it won't be something oh i can get that from the news agent or we can swap out with something it'll be something we really need and they will not disappoint yeah they want they will disappoint they will disappoint yeah they once didn't i remember they didn't have a pint of milk and I was so aghast I took to Twitter to complain at them because obviously that's the kind of thing I'll do. Consumer champion. Indeed. As the consumer champion, my latest victory was getting a refund of £11.64 from the Dartford Crossing because they've closed my account down because I haven't crossed the Dartford Crossing in my car for about two years now. And... Um, you have to pay. You have to pay in advance um, to get some sort of discount. So basically, the thieving bastards had my money, and 
had to had to push him on Twitter before I uh, before I got my money. But a check arrived. A check. Who pays my fucking check these days? Dartford Crossing. That's who. That came through my door the other day. Incidentally, if uh, if you uh, are a big fan of Twitter, you can follow us on Twitter at because WCW. And you, you should join the growing throngs. Do it. Listen up, slap nuts. That's right. This is Jeff Jarrett, the chosen one, and you're listening to. Because WCW. Now choke on that. So as we said, this is this is Christmas. So this is Christmas. Twenty fifth of December. Very nicely that the first year of Nitro Christmas Day falls on a Monday. There is no episode of Raw at all. So Nitro it, it's taped. It was taped the previous week in Augusta, Georgia, but Nitro is going unopposed. So you'll think they're going to pull out all the stops here tonight, aren't they? Yes, and I believe I have some bad news for you, Dean, stemming off a comment you made last week. was um, It does seem to be that they tape these arse about face. And Uh, I don't have much evidence of this, but I found it telling while looking up some details on Cage Match. Uh, they had the two episodes the other way round in what is normally a chronological order. That may have That's just the second time they've done that. But I am taking that as exhibit A that they have done. And, and uh, as you said, the fact that they have previous. I've got a funny feeling. That's exactly what they've done. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to check this. This is... Oh, man. Sure. Maybe I think if we if we put it out on the Twitterverse, I reckon someone yes. will be able to confirm to us. I'm looking gonna... at you, Dave Meltzer. <laughs> I was going to say, shall we do that after we enjoy a, a flat 50 minutes of uh, festive goodness with Indeed. our non-existent festive snacks? <laughs> Indeed. Well, having said that, I picked out this weekend, and I think had I gone for the big bowl of snacks today, my missus would have probably kicked me square in the plums, so... It's probably a blessing in disguise, really. Seems a fair Um, punishment, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, if you are watching along with us, as I said, this is episode um, dated the 25th of December, 1995. Or if you're counting the episodes of Nitro, it's episode number 17. We have got our... our the tape. I'm going to call it the tape. I'm going to go back to 95. We've got the tape ready at 0000. So if you want to watch along with us, then just get yourself ready. Liam, are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah. Sorry. Okay. So we will press play in three, two, one, go. And cue the burning buildings. There they are. So last week we had um, Randy Savage against the Giant, wasn't it? And it's oh, now... man, alive. Yes, we did. Now he he's defending um, against... Oh, he yeah, it was, um, it was a DQ. Wasn't that where Hogan came and interfered? Oh, man. This is the good thing about this double-shot taping. Uh, there's a good chance, surely, that Savage will be on the same batch of good coke that he was last week, right? Oh, this is true. Because those those two just had such a just a perversely energetic match. David versus Goliath on Coke, I think we called it. Well, it was it was the promos afterwards that were just classic. Yeah. Even oh, more evidence dressed... of a foul test. I knew Mongo would dress that poor fucking dog in a oh, Santa suit. And, and Bischoff. Yeah, and Bischoff is wearing a Christmas jumper before the comedic Christmas jumpers of, of these days came into play. Between the Christmas jumper in beige and grey and the, <laughs> the regular reading glasses, would it be tasteless of me to say that Bischoff looks like a bit of a paedophile? Well, you know, I was thinking we can we can allege that Randy Savage was on coke because he's dead and can't sue us, but... I'd avoid saying that about Eric Bischoff myself. And also because, let's face it, Randy Savage enjoyed the good coke. But no, uh, I can't get sued for saying he looks like a paedophile. I know th- I know this. He only looks like a paedophile. Yeah, you have to be very clear. I say he has the becoming, the, the looks, the appearance of a paedophile. I mean, it's not like he's in the, the uh, woking branch of Pizza Express or anything. 
Yes, and anyway, that's a line we've crossed many, many times this episode. I think the first Nitro watch along we compared Hulk Hogan to Jimmy Savile. Jimmy Savile, yeah. yeah. So here we go. go yeah, out of uh, all the people um, on the roster, we've got yet another Lex Luger semi squash. He's going to complete the set here. Yeah, because it was Bagwell last yeah. week. Yeah. I like it. He's a completionist. He's an oiled-up, lazy completionist. I love it. Oh, imagine playing Lex Luger at Monopoly. Oh. Can you imagine how much Just... oil we'd get over the Monopoly money? <laughs> I mean, look, look at him. Lights are bouncing off those pecs. You could cook chips on his chest, couldn't you? Yeah, I wouldn't eat those chips, but you could cook chips yeah. off his chest. Throw them straight in the bin, please. Yep. Yeah. Now, uh, our Hogan Fawkett wankers back in the front row. I, I, I want to say he'll never go away, but to cut him some slack, this is a double shot. This is. He It'd be great only... if he did just follow WWE Nitro tapings around the country. Yes, like a uh, hat guy. Or Vladimir. <laughs> there was also, for a while, there was that British guy. I think it was... Um, Oh, he was a football fan from somewhere up north. He was like a fan of someone like Grimsby Town, and he kept sitting right in the front, in front of the hard cam, holding up obscure signs relating to Grimsby Town Football Club. Oh, I'll never forget the day that there was a Charlton Athletic badge, prominent viewer. Um, I believe it was WrestleMania 26. Beautiful. Yes, in the opener, I think. Finally, Charlton Athletic hit the big time. Yes. Anyway, this match has started and Scotty Riggs is on the offense. Beautiful drop kick. Two drop kicks make that right to the jaw of Luger. And a flying forearm like Tito Santana. And Luger's scuttled to the outside and he's not looking happy. Yeah. And I know I'm repeating myself. I mentioned this last week, but I really like Luger and Jimmy Hart. Such and you also player. like uh, wrestling on TV on Christmas Day. Yes. I, w- I would fully support a return on, on all fronts of that. It- it's fine if it's pre-taped, as long as it's first-aired content. Yeah, I mean, just imagine, you know, you're a little bit stuffed, you're a little bit drunk, you've had a sleep already in, on the sofa, and you've now you've got your turkey sandwich and a packet of crisps and another beer, and you're watching Lex Luger against Scotty Riggs, and you're wondering, mm, who's going to win this match? Exactly. You get your, your repeat of a classic festive film, bit of first day of wrestling, a couple of Christmas special sitcoms, so I'm sure they'll bring back Only Fools and Horses. Uh and, and you're laughing. That 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 is your lineup. Yeah. Scotty Riggs, of course, has has made contact with us on the Twitterverse and there is an open invitation for him if he ever wants to join us, which he clearly doesn't. Yeah, I'd love some people to actually get back to us. I mean, we're nice guys. Can can someone attest on our behalf that we yeah, Mike, are nice guys? Mike Quackenbush can, surely. Yeah. Jeff Jarrett can. David yeah, Penza. Yeah. I, uh, I also reached out this week to Missy Hyatt, and not like that, and um, <laughs> didn't get any response. That, Although that... I have to say that the teenage me was marking out the fact I was having contact with Missy Hyatt. T- teenage you reached out like that didn't he like yeah yeah teenage me that may have to be my favorite use of not like that it's fast becoming one of the top three catchphrases (laughs) the actual the actual why because wcw that's falling out of the top 10 i won't lie but but not like that is one of my favorites so it's still scotty riggs in charge of this match is this match following the Randy Savage Nitro semi-squash formula? Because uh, you know, Savage is world champ now. He can't have those kind of matches. He's got to be up against headliners. So has, has Luger taken the mantle? They are actually stretching this out a bit with some seesaw offense, but um, Luger is giving Riggs a lot. He's also going into arm bars and things like that. That's That's not your four to five minute formula, is it? Which is strange because Riggs shouldn't be going past five minutes. 
anyone who reads my uh, my AEW Dynamite write-ups on dndcorner.com will know that one of my biggest complaints, and I've enjoyed every episode of Dynamite so far, one of my biggest complaints is that they'll try and make every match go 12 minutes, unnecessarily so. And the last episode, episode 7, uh, at time of recording this, was, uh, was a great deviation from that formula. And that's what I want to see on them. That's why we've been liking a lot of these early Nitros. Well, Riggs has missed the dropkick. And that's, this is one of the great sort of things of wrestling, isn't it? If you drop kick someone, you land on your side or on your back. If you drop kick someone, miss it and land on your back, it hurts you really badly. See, there is a laundry list of things that could get that head scratching reaction wrestling that I would happily explain or attempt to explain. That's one of them. My theory is you plan for a drop kick, you're waiting for that that push off the other wrestler. And that's how you plan your fall from there. If you don't get that, you're basically doing a, a, a five, six foot flat drop onto your back. Whereas off the drop kick, you use your arms the same way you would if you're doing a controlled fall. That's my attempt to... I would love someone to do a, a series of social media videos for things like that. And why you Missing run all the way... Yeah, why you run all the way to the ropes uh, when you're Irish whipped. Well, because if you take the push from an Irish whip and turn around, they'll punch you in the face. So it's in your best interest to run to the ropes to give yourself really? separation. You can now, explain all these things if you want. Yeah, Luger's back in control, but um, Riggs got knocked off the uh, apron and onto the guardrail, and I'm pretty sure... Yes, there he's just appeared now. There's a bloke in a fucking giant bee costume in the front row, and if I was watching this on Christmas Day, I would be asking myself, how many sherries have I had? I've really got to stop drinking now. There's a giant bee on my screen. The question I'd be asking myself is... Are there any other members of the Simpsons cast in attendance tonight? Ah. I don't think Ned Flanders would be here. He'd be completely against wrestling. Ned Flanders is played by Jimmy Jimmy Hart, surely. (laughs) There's the bee. Do you see him in the background there? Yeah. I think it's a mascot of some sort for the the building or something. True to bee form, he's an annoying little bastard. And that looked a bit clumsy, but basically Riggs missed the top rope drop kick and the crowd are getting up on their feet because they know, here we go, it's time for the rack. Everyone's, even though it. he's got Jimmy Hart and he's meant to be a heel, people are cheering the torture rack. Honestly, I thought someone was going to make a run in the way they reacted. Yes. But no, they were vibing the, the Luger home stretch. I mean, he's... the. Pre-NWO, he's the closest to a cool hill they've got, to be fair. And he's added those stomps after getting a submission. I love it. Lucas, I I know in the ring he's not the best, and we see his flaws at times, but he's so easy to dig. I I love Luger at this time period. I mean, that match went six and a half minutes, so it was, yeah, it was longer than a... It wasn't a squash by any stretch of the imagination, was it? looking around the four-minute mark for the Savage squash, really, and it would Mm. be completely all the loser getting the offense before yes. getting wiped out. But um, Luger, Luger went back and forth with him, gave him some, some arm bars and things like that, which was weird. But that was a good finish. Uh, you know. again, I even like that. Sorry, you go for it. I was just going to say, Riggs made the same mistake again. We talked about him missing that drop kick. He missed the top rope drop kick. There's a little bit of psychology there, and he was cannon fodder. But do you know what I liked about that was if you look on the replay, because we didn't see it in the original, but Luger, the way he sidesteps, he kind of like, it isn't, well, it isn't even a sidestep. It's he drops to his knee. Take, he basically takes evasive action. And the look on his face says a lot. He's like, oh, shit, just get out of the way of this. Yeah. On a, on a separate note, we now got Sting out for an interview and he just got a little bit of pyro to come out to speak to Mean Gene on the, on the ramp. And we're two days away from Starcade, which we should be, we'll be looking at shortly. Yes. Uh, he is biting back on Mean Gene because Mean Gene's asking about Luger, who just wrestled. He's gloriously orange today, the Stinger. And he is. I'll leave it as an exercise to you, the listener, if I'm talking about his uh, face paint, his tights, or his tan. Or his hair. Or all of the above. <laughs> yeah. But he's um, 
He's throwing the question back at Gene Oakland about talking about Lex Luger. This would later become known as the McCann technique of interviewing. He wants to beat on Ric Flair a little bit more. You'll remember what happened a couple of months ago at Halloween Havoc. Oh, yes. That was just such a good storyline. Yeah. He won the feud quite decisively. You remember that fan vote main event? He pretty decisively (laughs) beat down Flair, but... They'll be in that triangle match. Oh, was that the fan vote where he's like, who would you like to see face Ric Flair? Sting, the task, the Shockmaster, or a Golden Labrador? You had to pick the face or the hill, and yeah, it was Ric Flair, Sting, and a bunch of schmucks. Yeah. Sting versus Bubba Rogers up next. I feel like they've wrestled at least once on Nitro before. Quite possibly. They have definitely wrestled Hogan... a few times off of Nitro, and it's yes. a surefire winning combination. Hogan wrestled Bubba on the first episode of Nitro, didn't he? Yeah, it was later on, I think, Sting. Oh, it might have just been a tag match, to be honest. Yeah. Maybe because Sting that first... Savage? Maybe. Yeah, because that first episode of Nitro was all like the big rematches from days gone by, because you had Pillman and Liger... Hogan and Bubba, Sting and Flair. It was all yes. people who are familiar with their opponents to give you a good show. And here comes Big Bo. Can you believe, Dean, that they spent so long messing around with the boss and the guardian angel when Big Bubble was right there? Here he is, dressed in a suit, looking scary, with his gloriously <laughs> generic hill music. Why not just go straight for this? Looking like he's just come straight from a funeral. Or, or a shift as a rent-a-cop. Yeah. Like a security Here comes, manager uh, at a supermarket. Yeah. You know why I called you in today, <laughs> sir? We found some you've driven your, your car into the, <laughs> We brought you in because you've driven your car into the local co-op and prevented people from buying snacks. To be fair, reversing a large vehicle into the shutters is the only way you can be sure that you're going to get what you're looking for at the co-op. Sting's a huge... Why is, yeah, he's a why huge, is Sting staring at the floor like he's a huge fan of his light show he's got like little scorpions flashing on the aisle he was was digging it he's clearly never seen it before this was before John Cena started doing that whole thing where he would go meta and react to his own entrance frills for lack of a better term Bubba's now dressed to rest and he looks like he's come out of a Victorian workhouse. He's deformalised. I'm not a fan. Mr. Hughes was committed. He would wear the whole get-up. Oh, yeah, and the sunglasses. Until they shatter and nearly blind him at one point. Then he stopped wearing them. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. Yeah. Oh, no, I like that. Do you see Bubba just gave Sting a slap and Sting really sold it and nearly got knocked off his feet from a slap. You don't often see that and it makes Bubba look like a Hard bastard. Loving their little pose down here. What the fuck was that? Was that a He tried an insecurity and it was horrible. It was And to be clear, it's not because Bubba can't get up to do an insecurity. He did and he has in the past, but they just completely missed their cues to whether or not it was gonna connect or not, I think. Yeah, and can also mention to anyone considering hiring me as a wrestling commentator that I don't ordinarily say, what the fuck was that on commentary? Thank you very much. No, please hire Dean. There are maybe some gaps on the resume. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're talking about the commentators. They're talking about the New Japan WCW World Cup coming up at Starcade. I'm sure that will be plugged a bit more later on. Yes. Well, you'd hope it would be plugged more later on. But then again, this is WCW, so you never quite know. Well, the thing about WCW is that at this point in their life, their their poor roster was so understacked that they had to have guys in the triangle match and the world title match compete as part of the World Cup, which is a shame mm. because, they, as you know, Eric Bischoff's WCW just didn't have enough bodies on that roster. If only there were other guys that could have been stuck in that World Cup situation. Underutilized wrestlers who didn't have a gig that night, or maybe instead of that World War Three abomination, they could have done the World Cup of Wrestling pay per view in November. Mm. Apparently, the World Cup is a, is a standalone pay per view concept only that only works in the realm of my fan fiction. 
And you can read that fan fiction by going to becausewcw.podbean.com. But before you ask, Dean, no, Team UK haven't won it yet. God damn it. If Doug Williams plugs it on his Twitter, I'll, I'll get him to win. Because I know that means it would mean the world to him. <laughs> Commentary are just banging on about something now. I'll sting Luger again. Yes. Bobby Heen's saying friendship <laughs> friendship is something in life you don't need. He said what you need is a good banker. Not like that. Yeah. So they are speculating on how, um, on Flair. Bloody hell. I'll get the names right in a minute. They're speculating on Sting and Luger. Meanwhile, Bubba is beating the ever-living shit out of Sting. Yes, because the one scenario in which you could suspect two people of colluding to shaft another is when only one can get a world title shot that night. Mm. So to talk up the angle is one thing, but their 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 line of suspicion just doesn't check out at this stage of it because they will have to either come to blows or at the very least prevent the other from winning. Or one will have to sacrifice themselves for the other. Yes, and they've always established that wasn't quite what it's about. You know, they they are competitors; yeah. they want to win, but their their friendship has always come in little after match angles or to prevent the other from harm. You remember Luger made sure a Mass Hill beatdown attacked everyone but Sting a few weeks ago. This hasn't been great so far, unfortunately. No. What's also very confusing is that there's a lot of people in the uh, hard cam who are coincidentally wearing the exact same colour shirt as the uh, empty seats behind them. All part See? of the plan. So it kind of does look like, as the old joke goes, why so many people have come dressed as empty seats. Sting <laughs> is flopping around like a fish out of water selling. Yeah, the, these two, the, the chemistry's just not there. I mean... I know a lot of people within the industry uh, make the argument for being able to call a match in the ring, as they say, but this is an advertisement for maybe choreographing something at times. I don't know. It's doing its job. I mean, I think Bubba was one of those guys, whatever gimmick he used, he was, you know, we've talked about him before. He was a solid hand. He was, you know, the mortar to the bricks. Yeah. Well, we know these two can go. It's just uh, the communication. It's just been sloppy and destroyed. Oh, yeah, that went a bit wrong. Just an, an unusual finish. Yeah, an unusual finish, but it did the job. Just uh, Some people have off nights, and when both guys in the match have an off night, it's a bit of a rough watch. Yeah, well, we've now seen both Sting and Luger have what I would call warm-up matches. That didn't go as... It, from a kayfabe... Kayfabe, I should say, perspectively. Neither went as smoothly as they'd like, but they got the win. And now we've got uh, f- the other man in the triangle match, Flair, and the man who awaits the winner, Savage, fighting for the title tonight. So get your yeah. head around that. So we've had... So Sting and Luger have had five... Well, that was five minutes. Luger was six minutes. So they've had you know short warm-up matches, which they've won reasonably comfortably. And we've now got <laughs> we've now got Flair challenging for the belt, as you say, and we now have Gene, Mean Gene in a in a Santa hat. I didn't mean to cut through that laughter. I just as soon as I saw that on my screen, <laughs> bless him. It is a tremendous image, and I, I think at the moment that that is my favourite to be the uh, the screenshot that we use for this episode, unless anything better comes up. It's got a chance. Unfortunately, Gene didn't go immediately to Jimmy Hart to talk. Yeah. Hopefully, Luger keeps it short and sweet for his own benefit. To be fair, that's advice we should follow, really. (laughs) (laughs) Every episode should be like two minutes. How's your day, Dean? How's yours? Yeah, good. Uh, So, WSW? Yeah, it was shit. All right, see you next time, guys. (laughs) 
Luger is the uncrowned WCW World Champion. And Sting, we've got to Sting in the ring. And he's kind of got a smile, a wry smile on his face. This is like two mates who are about to play each other at a game of FIFA. Like a little smirk, yeah, I'm going to do you smirk sort of thing. Because that's where they're and, at, obviously. Yeah, and, and just like two mates playing each other at FIFA, if you do lose, you'll just say, it's fucking fixed. I hope Sergeant Craig Pittman shows up when I play FIFA next. What what's he doing here? Oh, he's here to talk to Jimmy Hart. He still wants that... Jimmy Hart. Oh, here we go. Let's see what let's see what Jimmy Hart has to say. Manager of the year was he? He's manager of the decade, even oh, though I'm only sorry. in the middle of the decade. That's... He wants him to he's... strip. This is getting a bit yeah. seedy. <laughs> it's, an, it's an upper body business, kid. <laughs> he, he is basically just body shamed Craig Pittman. Yeah. See, this is the thing. Wrestling, professional wrestling, HR would have a field day, wouldn't they? And it made worse by the fact that Craig literally just stormed off in half. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, contracts can be uh, won and lost on the, on the outcome of a match. And you can... It's, it's a crazy world we subscribe to on a regular basis. Do you think that means there's something wrong with us? No, not nah, at all. Yeah, it can't be. Here comes Dean Malenko. He... Have we seen him since his match against Sting a few weeks ago? Maybe, maybe not. Not that often, if so. I just want to know why he's borrowed a uh, valet's uh, vest and put Malenko on the back, because that does not fit him. No, nor does it suit him. That is awful. Especially, he, he, he comes out as the Iceman. He's got the Iceman music that those two fans will long remember. And he comes out with this snazzy little ill-fitting waistcoat with Malenko on the back. Here comes JL. The Power Ranger auditions that way, Jerry. There's so that of course, uh, wanker. That's a different one. That is one that Hogan would not personally endorse, if you know what I mean. Mm. Can I say that? Hey, we're speculating, and the man's got form. Oh, yeah, he, he has actually been, you know, again, media law. <laughs> that, that recording would come up in the hearing, I would be off scot-free. And that's in a situation where, in, in cases of libel and things like that, uh, yeah, I'm normally behind the eight ball in any given situation, but no, that would be a slam dunk. He's racist. Well, we've started off at quite a pace, but Malenko's just, as soon as I say that, Malenko's slowed it down. Cheers, Dean. And of course, both these men now work behind the scenes for uh, AEW. They do. Malenko even got to be one of the judges of the world title match that thankfully was not actually used. It was just a a wheeling out exercise, wasn't it? Yes, I did like that, though, when uh, him and Jericho just had a little stare down. Yes, that was great, wasn't it? I'm, I'm just gutted that he didn't turn up in his Cyclopay outfit. <laughs> oh, it's still fitting better than that waistcoat. Ah, <laughs> uh, So far, we've got Mean Jean's Santa hat and Dean Malenko's ill-fitting waistcoat. Oh, oh nice. Rolling plancher from uh, JL that kind of connected. That's the old eight. I mean, long-time fans of Jerry Lynn will know that movie. Does that a lot, even after he left those the old rolling sent on off the apron. Always partial to. I think Kevin Owens wheels that out from time to time mm. in modern-day parlance. As did. Uh, the bulk from the UK Pitbulls, who oh, was man, about, did, didn't <laughs> about 35 stone, which is what, about 500 pounds? I like those guys. Good, good you... bad guys, deceptively agile and very easy to wind up at live events. <laughs> Worked extensively with the UK Pitbulls. Great guys, both of them. 
Yeah, I used to get on their nerves to no end at FWA shows, and then after the <laughs> shows, I'd go up and say hi, and they were so nice. They probably called me a you-know-what behind my back when I left, but I oh, wouldn't blame them. Would not blame them. Well, now, we've got Nick Patrick with his calling account legit and ballsing up the move there for them, but we've got the old bridge up. Oh, and rather nice. than react... Ooh, rather than reacting to the... The, bod- the upper body strength you need to do that bridge up there, waffling about fucking nothing. Yeah, I mean, one of the things, I have very limited broadcast journalism experience, mostly in local football, but one of the things you learn is that, that you do need to have side stories, anecdotes, trivia, all that handy to fill dead time. But you've got to know when to deploy that. And there yeah, are when... always openings. <laughs> yeah, you got to know when the dead time is, and that wasn't it. That nice was great move, move from uh, yeah. Malenko, yeah. It went up, looked like he was going for a power bomb, then just dropped him backwards and dropped JL throat first over the top rope. These two have just gone hell for leather for the most part, other than that early gap from Malenko. He's going to go for oh, that super gut buster. Yeah, the gut, yes, I'm sure it is. The gut buster. You're in trouble. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How did that not last as a finisher, or at least the thing that leads to the cloverleaf without foul? I'd imagine because if you go, if you started to go up the roster a bit more, and you ask people to t- take that move, the answer would be nope. But how often did he wrestle guys who would turn it down? Even when his profile went up with a horseman, he was wrestling the Ravens and that who'd go for it. Mm. That wasn't and the cloverleaf he finished off with, no, by the way. It was a very nice looking rolling leg lock. The, mm. the setup looked good, but the trouble I think the trouble with that is once you got into from the setup into the move, the move visually doesn't look too much. I was just gonna say the same thing. You do need a, a hard cam friendly move. And anything and, yeah. that involves grabbing the legs and stepping over the crabs, the clover leaves, the sharpshooters, they are just the easiest aesthetically, aren't they? Yes, absolutely. Here we go. Let's see. Looks like a cradle more than anything. Yeah. yeah it's a bit like a calf crusher or something, isn't it? Yeah. Like a, a, a beta version of the calf crusher. Yeah, but it doesn't, and there's an ill-fitting waistcoat again. But it, it just didn't look anything like the cloverleaf. Yeah, well, we wrestled that whole match like he was in a bad mood, and given that waistcoat, I cannot blame him. Well, you know, it's Christmas Day. He wants to be he wants to be at home watching that, any fools horses. That's why he was wearing it. It was a gift from his grandma, yes. and he felt guilted into wearing it. You Granny have to Malenko. wear you have to wear those things at least once, and then they go straight in the bin on the twenty sixth. <laughs> This is flat. This means all the triangle match participants are getting a stage interview time with the ridiculous yes. Mean Gene and his hat. Flair's doing a flare interview. Oh, Jimmy Hart's coming out in the background. To body shame oh. him, maybe? <laughs> Did you hear that? Called himself the Great One. The Rock is mm. a plagiarist. The Rock is a fucking plagiarist. Well, he's he's apologising for how Kevin Sullivan interrupted him and Arn Anderson. Kevin Sullivan's got a short fuse, says Jimmy, and a tendency to cross-dress. He didn't say that last bit, I did. Uh, oh, he! I owe you one. Yeah. Oh, back on. So yeah, when Randy Savage grabbed him a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> he, he said Randy Savage tried to give him a root canal with his fist. That's a great line. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Hart always pays back his debts. I think this is early build towards a uh, a hill multi conglomerate. That would unfortunately lead a few months later to that triple cage match that we have oh, already covered shit. on because WCW with yes. a man, with a special guest by the name of Paul Benson, mm-hmm. which is funny, that isn't it, Dino? Very. We'll talk about that more at the end of this episode. There's a handshake slash high five to seal it. 
He just told Jimmy Hart to make himself happy. Not like mm. that. Not that. Not on but, Christmas Day. I mean, it's Ric Flair. Fuck it. How do we know it wasn't like that? Who knows? Well, so we've got Savage v Flair for the world title after the break. Yeah, two days before the Starcade match. It's a bit of a mess at the moment, but it's an entertaining mess. And it's a star-studded mess. You, a couple of years before, these guys really outstayed their welcome. Which is a mm. credit, because if you think about it, guys like Hogan, Flair, Savage, look like they'd outstayed their welcome considerably before 1995. Yeah, and this is only like six months or so before... Sorry, so it's only about six months or so after they tore the house down at the Great American Bash 95. It absolutely wasn't just the NWO that added years onto the careers of these top guys. Uh, as we're seeing right now with these watch-alongs, this early Nitro era put a bit more life into things, even even when things were actually quite depraved and sad, like with the, the many Hogan skits with him trying to look edgy. Uh, it was entertaining. And the flares and the stings and the savages and even the lugers to a limited extent are having fun matches in the, uh, at the top of the card. So yeah, I wish I was more into Nitro week in week out when it was early doors. It wasn't really until '97 uh, that I started paying serious attention. I was at a stage where I could pay serious attention on a more regular basis. Now, the question is, of course, what is Randy Savage going to be wearing today? Flair has got a pinky purple, very nice robe, but he's gone for one of his more uh, flamboyant ones to maybe to maybe set an ante down on the table for the Macho Man. Mm. Jimmy Hart, it looks like he's paying back by... They didn't implicitly say this, I don't think, but it looks like he's paying him back by cornering flair in this match wonder where that's going to lead to well him making himself happy apparently yeah but is he going to screw him over not like that not like that well Savage looks like he's uh, fallen in a tub of highlighters yes I feel like he's worn this one before, but I could be wrong. It could be a similarly nauseating outfit he I was don't, wearing. Yeah, I, I don't remember this. I don't remember this one. And I think with the particularly hideous ones, they do have a tendency to stick in your mind. Yes. It, it does look like crafts night at preschool after someone's <laughs> given all the kids full fat coke. Yeah. And smarties. You've got to love a smarty party, Dino. Once a week, with good behaviour, my daughter gets some smarties from the tube. She also has to correctly answer the letter quiz. Or the, I don't know if you've seen most smarties tubes now have like a, a, a what, which L is the capital of England, things like that on it. Oh, okay. I like that. Uh, touch. Is it me or is that Savage cycling off? Mm. He look. He looks like he's giving up the physique a little bit. He'll be next to be body shamed by Jimmy Hart, maybe. <laughs> Still got that left arm taped up. Let's see if he says it tapes up when we get to Starcade. So we've got a bit of time left, don't we? And these two can go as pretty if they wanted to wrestle now. And, well, we know Bischoff wouldn't stop them because of the nature of their contracts, but they could wrestle an hour, is my point. Did Savage just gob at Flair, then? He did, yes. It was disgusting. Flair with a thumb to the eyes. I'd do more than a thumb to the fucking eyes if someone spat in my face. Credit to him for being so relatively reserved. Also... Surely as a babyface, he should be provoked before he starts doing something like that. Now, a bit of a turnaround here. Flair's missed the knee drop, and Savage is going working over Flair's leg. Wrapping that leg around the ring post twice. You're right. They are absolutely working this in a reverse formula early on. 
also the reverse formula in that Randy Savage is on the offense. Savage is going for the figure four, and he's got it. Middle of the ring, he's got Ric Flair's own move on Flair, but crowd don't seem to be reacting as much as I would have thought they would. Yeah, I'm really disappointed in the reaction to that. Um, they've been Maybe a so-so so crowd so far. Maybe this is the second show of the of the double shot after all. Oh, Hart's helping Flair get to the ropes. Already paying back his debt. Check out that Lex Luger chain. How have we overlooked that in looking at Gordy outfits? Look at Lex, oiled up Lex Luger flexing in a picture on the back of Jimmy Hart's jacket. And I know he he's got go a, he's got a reputation for doing those um, airbrushed jackets, paying tribute to every's mansion. But that one is that's wild. <laughs> Flair has just spent this entire match begging off. <laughs> yeah, it's um, well, it's from that um, from that um. Figure four early on, I guess. If you think of the energy showed by Savage and the Giant last week, and then we had that tag match where Flair and Anson did every little nuance to get the crowd so pumped into it. So far, this has been pretty by the numbers. It's, uh, we'll, we'll pass final judgment shortly, but yeah, this is, this episode's flirting with only our third negative judgment of the run so far. I'd be shocked think, if it gets more than the, in the middle at best. Yeah. I think, yeah, you got a valid point about, you know, is, is it a, a crowd that are a bit more burnt out than before? Because, oh, Sam, Jimmy Hart land the boots into Savage. Is it a crowd that's a bit more burnt out because they've had two episodes in a row? Or, or is that just coincidence. I mean I don't I don't remember them being a bad crowd last week at all. No, nothing amazing, but we we, we did make several points about good pops and, and things that last that happened last week that got good reactions. So uh yeah. while while they run an advert on this network airing of it, I'm gonna take this opportunity to ask you, we just saw Jimmy Hart absolutely go to town on Savage with some stomps. Uh, behind the referee's back, obviously, while he's out, laid out outside the ring. I have to ask you, as as a wrestling manager for many a year, Dean, when you had to do that little interference spot, were you in favour of the cheeky dig, or did you like to just go hell for leather like Hart just did and absolutely land like ten shots? Um, I I would I would quite like the cheeky dig because my character was always cowardly and. <laughs> You know, was was always brave when the numbers were in his favour. So, you know, even though it's two on one, I I'd be a cheeky dig because I wouldn't I wouldn't want to get too stuck in in case the wrestler hit me back. Yeah, uh, it seems like an entire family has come over to the section of guardrail where Savage is slumped, with uh, with security guard watching them like a hawk. And he's grabbed a chair and now. P, is that Pee Wee Anderson, our ref? He's, I think he's taken the chair off Savage. Back in the ring he goes. And this is, you're right, this is this is for, you know, main event, this is just a bit pedestrian, isn't it? Yeah, phoning it in. Sting and Bubba just couldn't get on the same page. Uh, Dean versus Jail was fun. It's just a little do-or-best-move sprint, which, you know, you can criticise as a standalone, but I would stick one of those sort of matches on end any episode of Nitro, you know, you have your headliners having a better match than this, preferably, and then you have like a, a Dean and JL or Eddie and Chris. You know, we've seen various combinations, but yeah, no, it's it's not been amazing. It really has no. felt like a filler episode. Maybe I'll want to walk back my wish for Christmas television wrestling. It's gonna be like uh, this, but yeah, Christmas Day wrestling. They're not gonna uh, they're not gonna pull out all the stops. You know, it's Christmas. But um, I've just looked, by the way, I looked on the, um, the Wrestling Observer uh, archive for this, and um, it just says that, you know, they taped two episodes. 
they haven't there isn't anything to say what order they taped them in so i mean i'd like to think they taped this second because otherwise you're kind of telling people what the result of the first match is there is also a popular practice we've seen tna use this and i believe nxt has used it you know for many years before they went live on usa where they'd be taped out of order yes which i I suppose there might be some benefits to that that someone in a better position could explain. But for me, it would just confuse the live crowd and stifle those reactions, which could explain I this. Mean, yeah, I mean, I think I think it depends on what your what your tape, what your what matches in the ring and when, you know. So, for example, yeah, Malenko and JL wouldn't really matter when it was, or or even you could say that Luger and Scotty Riggs or Luger and Bagwell. It's the same. It's interchangeable in that respect. Yeah. These guys are slowly working through the gears, running through some better exchanges, but it's it's been nothing to write home about, as you said earlier, considering the matches they have had against one another. It's lacking the intensity. Hmm. But then, yeah, you could also say, you know, from a storyline point of view, with Starcade two days away when you're watching this, would they want to be going all out or would they want to have something held back for the big show? Considering what they've got scheduled for Starcade, and especially with the benefit of hindsight, considering the way they went and considering the fact that they are unopposed tonight, it, it's strange that they went with this main event. It really is. I don't think this main event is such a bad thing because these are two, you know, household names. This, you know, a Ric Flair Randy Savage match will gr- will get the attention of a casual. But why but... not run this the following week after Starcade, especially knowing what happens? Because you're up against Raw. You've got, yeah. this is where, I mean, I agree that the match should be more spectacular. The match, there should be more to the match, but the actual, the actual, uh, you know, marquee of Flair v Savage, I think is a good, a good lineup. Why not run yeah. Sting, Sting and Savage against Flair and Luger, especially with this Jimmy Hart intertwining and the Sting Luger storyline. That would have made a great go home. Yeah. I mean, the only person we haven't had come out so far is Hogan. No, don't. Now he's going to come out. You just had to say his name, didn't you? Well, he's got to come out on Christmas Day, surely. Well, considering we know he's in the building for the double shot. You know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Racist, he's got to be here. (laughs) I see what you did there. Thank you very much. They've still got some time left on this broadcast. This is going to be... I'll have to double-check whether or not this breaks the record for longest match, which was Savage Luger, wasn't it? Was that 13.26 or 13.56, something like that? along those lines. They're doing the old exchange of fists and chops, trying to wake the crowd up a little bit. It's the second time they've come to this stage of it, this... And this is an interesting point. Uh, it's, it's well documented that Flair is a call it in the ring guy, and Savage is a carefully rehearsed, isn't he? Yeah, the uh, the match with Steamboat at WrestleMania three was was meticulously planned out, wasn't it? So I, I would speculate over a clash there, but we know these guys can gel despite that. Oh yeah. Now Savage up top to the floor. And he misses the axe handle, but that was that was too close of a miss. It didn't. It wasn't obvious that he'd that he'd missed it. But Savage is now getting patted by a variety of children's hands through the rail, Just which must earlier. be really annoying. Yeah. So every time he goes near them, he's he's getting besieged upon. We should we should trust Eric Bischoff when he tells us to order Starcade '95. Yeah, well, he did just say it's been a phenomenal year for WCW, and he's not wrong. Now, you know, read that amazing book. Uh... Well, did you hear what is that? What Bischoff just said? Sorry to interrupt about how we've seen some great new talent come in this year. People are leaving the WWF and coming to where the big boys play. He actually named the opposition, which in those days didn't happen. 
and would be more shocking if they didn't, you know, have someone dump a WWF title in the bin last week. Yeah. <laughs> So now it's Savage getting his leg worked on, which is uh, more more par for the course against Flair, but also a bit of poetic justice after he went straight for Flair's leg early doors. Uh, yeah, I, I actually quite like Jimmy Hart's Flair's manager as well. It's better than Hiro Matsuta. Flair doesn't need a manager, though. I did, like we we touched upon this last week, didn't we? Some guys have a manager because they need a mouthpiece. Other guys just it, it it's still great to have, even if you can talk. There are benefits to having a manager sometimes in your act. Seeing Punk and Paul Heyman worked great. That mm-hmm. wasn't because Punk needed a mouthpiece, was it? No. Have you ever been paired with someone who can talk? Because there is a there's a storyline reason, or just because it's something for you both to do, or there's a good like rapport. Um, no, it's always actually been people who aren't the strongest or most confident on promos. Really, I can't think of anyone where. Um, I suppose Martin Stone, Danny Birch, is now known. He was getting better as time went on, so you know he'd he'd start doing more and more of the promo as time went on, but that's probably been about it. You, you were there to unscrew the training wheel, so to speak, and st- step back the more yeah. you could take on. Fair enough. Yeah. So Flair's now got the figure four on Savage. He's, he's quite near the rope, so he's able to grab the ropes for leverage when he needs it. Savage has now got to the ropes. We've still got a bit of time left. Yeah. This, but and, and this, but it's worth clarifying. This has by no means been a bad match because the things these two do are generally always on point, uh, psychologically sound. They've got enough star power to keep. Even it's a dead crowd, but obviously they're they're into it enough because it's Savage and Flair. And I think they've also helped by going outside the ring a few times just to engage them a little bit more. But it's not been great at all it's just been there hasn't yeah. it okay i don't know if, yeah i don't know if we're doing an injustice of comparing a tv match to a pay-per-view match i think it's the lack of context as well like well, we know there there's a setup for starcade this match does seem very very random Whereas you brought up their matches earlier in 1995 because they had the feud where Flair attacked Savage's father, didn't he? So yes. there was more fire, there was more reason for it to happen, and they carried that into the match and worked with it. Even in '92 with the Elizabeth stuff in WWF, there was a there was an impetus behind it. But at the moment, it's just two guys having a match, uh, a good a goodish match, but not a great match. Commentators have now mentioned how. Medusa dumped the title belt from that lesser league into the trash where it belongs. Oh, small package. Come on. We all know this is going to end in a DQ with some running from someone. I don't know. Like, what a surprise me if that took it from there. All that wrestling just for a small package finish. And knowing the way the Starcade main event goes, it obviously wouldn't have harmed Flair. Uh, if it does go to a schmozdine, I will say, considering the pay-per-view coming up, they probably should have Savage win this. There's, there's no harm in, you know, you don't want to keep relying on DQ for this. would be a great time to have Savage, you know, successfully defend his title. Yeah. How Desperation many finishes top... has he had? <laughs> Desperation top rope. Axe handle from Savage gets a two count. They are wrestling this like they are in the last 10 minutes of a 60-minute time limit. Uh, but by Nitro standards, I suppose it is a Broadway. Jimmy Hart just grabbed Savage's leg, but now he's been punched in the face. He's got a root canal from Savage with his fist. <laughs> just as he predicted. On the crowd reacting, here we go. Yep. Here comes the run in Lex Luger. There you go. The moment's... The moment Savage lays his hands on Jimmy Hart, Lex Luger comes flying out to protect his manager. And to protect both men in the ring, (laughs) if you think about it. But there's our fuck finish. 
And there's a stinger. Here's Sting. And we've now oh. got the world champion and all three people in the triangle. Flair Matt. intercepted Sting. So we never got the chance to see what Sting would do to get Luger off of Savage. That was that was more intriguing than the entire match. Which, again, was technically sound, but just not interesting that much. Yeah. And, of course, Flair has to be gorilla-pressed by Sting. It's in his contract. Indeed. Harley Race and was the so notary. We've now got Sting and Savage in the ring, back-to-back, bumping to each other. We've now got a shoving match. Poor little Randy Anderson's trying to separate these two without much success. They're slapping each other across the face. And Sting just spat at Savage. Uh, Savage started it. Yeah, what is with the loogies? Jesus. We've got to go. This is our uh, this is our go home segment for Starcade. I mean, they seriously should have had just all four out there in a tag match. It would have been more fun. Yeah. And that uh, is that. I don't think I can fail it. It wasn't that. It wasn't as bad as the two we failed. But that's another in there. I can't pass it. I see it. You you uh you don't really want to go thumbs in the middle when you when you call it pass foul but but yeah I'm sitting on the fence I mean I'm thinking if if I was watching that on Christmas day in 1995 I would be I'd be happy with that some you know some of the shite I have to sit through on Christmas day when I'm with my family like call the fucking midwife I would be quite happy <laughs> With Flair v Savage in second gear. Yeah. I suppose to, to to adhere to the true spirit of pass foul, I think both that and the one we middled out on a few weeks ago, I think we've got to agree that after 17 of these... Yep. Now, and we have finished with 1995. So 1995 Nitro has been concluded by the Because WCW Watch Along Posse, and uh, I think we can say out of 17, two failed and 15 were pass. And that is strictly on: Is this worth you watching for less than an hour on your commute to work via phone or just in front of the TV? Because, as Dean said, the the soaps and that kind of suck. Uh, 15 yes, 2 no is very, very good. And you know what? I think the batting average is going to get even better in yes. 96. Didn't didn't we have one that we weren't even we weren't really sure if it was a, a, a yes or a no? I don't know if we count. Which well, way we're that counting. is what no, I was but... that is what I was uh, referring to. But I think right. I think we if we were to go strict pass foul, no other options, pass or foul, then yeah, uh, that would also get a pass. And it, there were only two. And they Fair ran enough. concurrently, and I think it was around the Yete. Yete! Which I don't think was a coincidence. Oh, look back. I've got it written down somewhere which two were just, nah, skip these. Yeah. Well, in that case, that, as you say, wraps up Nitro for 1995. We're going to wrap up the year itself with Starcade, which will be our next uh, our next podcast. We'll go back to, the, to a review of a of a uh, pay-per-view uh we've got a guest lined up for that all going well but ev- hey even if the guest doesn't show up we're still going ahead with it i mean yeah we i'm so confident that it will go ahead with all we're I'm sure and i'm also so confident that he will be there because he's a very reliable guest i feel like we can name drop him now go on then yeah uh, we are bringing back to collect his match ball for his third guest spot hooked on wrestling's guru head honcho Paul Benson will be joining us as we for the first time chronologically in line with the watchalongs cover a pay-per-view so yeah yes. two days after uh this nitro in 95 came Starcade, and that will be our next episode so it's gonna roll with the watchalongs I don't know how often we'll do that but we'll give it a try and we'll do it with Paul yeah. because what why are we doing it with Paul for this particular concept pay-per-view Dean well, he has got a very exciting announcement to make um, on this show. But um, one thing we can talk about is that there will be very shortly um, Hooked on Wrestling hosting two mornings of watch along, um, watch along, watch watch parties for uh, Wrestle Kingdom 14. Along. 
It is a watch for, yeah. <laughs> Rest, New Japan Wrestle Kingdom 14 is going to be shown live in London. Um, and he will be uh, telling us all about that. And obviously, that's where you've got a, a New Japan. We've got a New Japan themed pay per view. It's it's in time with what we're doing. It is one of those, you know, moon, earth, and stars, all aligning lovely. And um, so, yeah, don't know how often it'll happen, but it's all worked out nicely. So, we'll be back in a week or so's time, most likely, with Starcade 95 as we wrap up 1995 on Because WCW. In the meantime, on behalf of my colleague Liam Hatt, this is me, the Twisted Genius, saying thank you so much for downloading us, and we'll see you next time. I'll see you ringside.